We're going to take a little break from uh, Ephesians this week. Um, So I'd like to go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. We're going to read verses um, 5 and 6. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. So in, in verse 6, where it says, so that we may boldly say, we can, that word boldly kind of means confidently, so that we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. And it's so awesome when we look at that and say that he is our helper. But where I want to go to is, today is verses, in verse 5, it's towards the end. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And I look at that in this day and age where we're at, and we see so much going on in the world today. You know, Russia still in trying to invade and take over Ukraine. They're having a rough time at that. We can see, uh, I would, I believe the Supreme Court is going to bring their decision down next week on Roe versus Wade. Uh, there's a lot of controversy there. There's a lot of disinformation there. And it's, it's sad when we see this. But when we look at it and he says, you know what, for a child of God, remember in Matthew, you know, he shall save his people from their sins. And he says, you know what, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And it, we look at this and I looked this up in Vine's dictionary. And leave means to let go or loosen. So when we realize he says he's never going to leave us, that means that he's never going to let us go. He's never going to loosen us. So that is awesome when we realize that. And forsake means to abandon or leave helpless. So he's never going to let go of us, and he's never going to abandon us or leave us helpless. He's always there for us. Remember in the New Testament, he says, if I go not away, I cannot send the comforter unto you. So he is there. You know, and, and this is a promise from God, isn't it? When we look at it, this is a promise from God and belongs to all believers, every single one of us, that we can take hold on this and we can take comfort in us. You know, when we look at it, it's not us. It's not him that leaves us. We leave him. It's not that he forsakes us, but sometimes we forsake him. We forsake his counsel. We leave the shelter of him. You know, we look at, at Job. Remember what he said? You know, Satan, you know, tried to, he's trying to trick God. He, he can't do that, can he, Brother Roger? And he says, well, does Job fear you for no reason at all? I know that's not the words that are in there, but basically that's what it says. You know, you think Job fears you for no reason at all? You've built a hedge about him. He's but take that all away. And what did he say? He's going to curse you to his face. But throughout everything that happened to Job, 
He never left him nor forsook him. Same thing with Joseph, with everything he went through. He never left him nor forsook him. Not at all. And it's, and when we look at this, it just means so much, you know, to each and every one of us. But I like it when we can say, the Lord is my helper. He's the one that helps us through and around and in the world we are in today. And it, it's, it's, yeah, I, I just find it so comforting in this world in which we live to look at these things. Turn to uh, Genesis. Genesis chapter 28. Genesis chapter 28, verse 15. And behold, I am with thee, and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, and will bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. You know, we look at this, and this is Joseph, or not Joseph, Jacob, and he's dreaming. Because look up at, uh, look at verse 10. And Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. And in verse 12, it says, And he dreamed, talking about Jacob, and he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And then eventually we get down to verse 15. And I, I really like it. He says, you know what? Jacob, you know, Jacob's room is God is talking to him, tells him that he will not leave him and God will not leave us. He doesn't leave us. He doesn't leave us. He doesn't leave us comfort us at all. He's always there for us. And when God talked unto Jacob here and he said, and behold, I am with thee and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest. That means he's going to protect him, just like he protected uh, Job, and he protects each and every one of us every day as we go out and about. Whether it's when uh, Bill or myself are working, we're retired, or Mabel as she goes out and about, uh, Carl as he works and goes about, Susie drives her bus, and Amy, you know, when, when at home, and it's just he, he's always there for us. I forgot you, Brother Roger. And he watches over Brother Rogers. He travels down to Rensselaer all the time. And when we look at it, what, what, what do they say? What do statistics show that uh, most accident happens, what, about five miles from home? And as we go each and every day about our business and going around, that he's there. He's watching over us. And... Sometimes I think that's such a comfort to me when I realize he's there. He's there all the time. He's watching over us. He's omnipresent, everywhere present, nowhere absent. He's always with us. You know, we got to understand that, that we got to get out of the thinking that, um, you know, he's the infinite God and we're finite creatures. And it's hard for us to understand sometimes when we have to realize that God's a spirit. 
Jesus is a spirit. Of course, the Holy Spirit is a spirit. You know, we can't see them, but we know they're always there. Remember I said a couple weeks ago, you know, he's always working in the background. And I can say that because when Jesus did a lot of his miracles and everything in the Bible, what did he tell them? Just the lepers, he said, go, go show yourself to the priest. And others, you know, don't, don't tell anybody about this. Just let it go. And some of the people were amazed and are like, what, what, what is it? Don't you want to take the credit for what you did? And, and he didn't. He didn't want to take the credit or anything. That's why he's such a, a humble man and we need to, to realize these things. But look at, he promised Jacob and I think he promises us too that I will keep thee in all places whither thou goest. But look at what he added something on, that he will bring thee again into this land. So there's a promise. So I'm not going to leave you. I'm going to bring you back here. And you're going to take over this land, which is now the country of Israel. Look at what he says. I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. And we can see, this is in the Old Testament, the New Testament, we see so many things where Jesus just talks about it and tells us that he's going to be there for us. Through thick and through thin, he's always going to be there for us. You know, when we look at it, we say, you know what? He is not going to leave us in the hands of our enemy. I guess I'm going to go back to Job. I know Brother Roger likes Job. But he's not going to leave us in the hands of our enemy. Through all of this time that Satan afflicted Joseph, took away everything he had. He was a pretty big guy. Pretty important where he was living at. Took everything away from him. His camels, his oxen, his sheep. Everything took away from it. Satan killed his children. Then Satan said again unto God, well, Remove thy hand from him, and and he'll 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 just curse you. And God said, "Okay, Satan, you can touch his body, and do whatever you want to him, but you can't kill him." When we say God's in control, God's in control, because we saw Satan could not go any farther. Or let's just put it this way. God would not allow him to go any farther than what he said he could do. And that was it. That's why I'm saying anybody that can read this Bible and not understand that God's in control of everything. And he did that. Remember, he had boils from the top of his head to his feet. Now, I've never had a boil, but I heard it can be pretty bad. And what did it say? In the book of Job, it said he he, he took a piece of uh, busted up uh, a pitcher and whatever and scraped it. Was it? Yeah, potsherd. And scraped himself and everything. So that he could get rid of it. But what does it say? But in all these things, what? Job sinned not. So that's what happens. If God is for us, who can be against us? And we can see God was for Job. Satan was against him. Who won out, Sue? 
God. That tells us an awful lot right there. Just in that one little book of the Bible, Job, we can learn so many lessons from there. That He's the one. He's the one. Turn to Isaiah chapter 41. I'll get there. Uh, Isaiah chapter 41. We're going to read verses 10 and 17. The prophet writes, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Verse 17, When the poor and needy seek water, and there is none, and their tongue faileth for thirst, I, the Lord, will hear them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. Isn't it when we look at these things and we can see, you know, I wrote down some things and it says, God talking to Isaiah says that we should not be afraid for he is always with us and will not forsake us. And when we look at this in verse 10, you know, God talking through uh, the prophet Isaiah, fear thou not, for I am with thee. See, we should have a reverential fear of God, but we should not be afraid of God. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. This, this should be of such a comfort to us in the world in which we live today, Brother Roger, that when we look at it and we say, be not dismayed, for I am thy God. Remember the song we read, and it's in the Bible, cast down but not destroyed. We can be cast down. I, there's been times in my life when I've been cast down, but we're not destroyed. We look at Jesus as he was tempted after he'd been 40 days in, in the desert, and he was tempted of Satan. You know, how do we fight Satan the same way Jesus fought Satan? Don't be dismayed. Don't be cast down. Use Scripture to fight Satan. Command these stones to be made bread. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We can see two other times. But what did he kind of say? This is why we, we, we need to be strong. We need to be strong in our Lord Jesus Christ and in our Heavenly Father. You know, when we look at these things and we realize that he's there for us all the time, isn't he? He's going to never leave us. He's never going to forsake us. We have no need to be dismayed because he's always there for us all the time. Look at what he says. For I am thy God. Look at the next part of the sentence. I will strengthen thee. In our weakness, he is made strong all the time. I will strengthen thee. I will help thee. See, but the, the, the thing of it is, we have to let him help us. 
We can't do all of these things on our own. We need his help. We need his strength in this world today. Because we can see there's so many things, you know, that are, that are taking us away from God all the time. You know, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. He's always there for us. Yes. And we can see in verse 17, when the poor and needy seek water and there is none, and their tongue faileth for thirst. I, the Lord, will hear them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. When we look in the in uh, the Exodus, when they're going out and about, how many times, Brother Roger, where they were out and wandering in that wilderness, and they didn't find water. They had no water. God took care of them, didn't He? God always took care of His people. And not just with water. We can see with that manna. And then they complained because they had that. And you know what? I was talking with Albert the other day and I says, you know what? Uh, <coughs> excuse me. A lot of times when we complain, it seems like we're just saying is, God, I'm not satisfied right now. Because I'm complaining. I'm saying what's happening is not good or is not right. But God, He's always there for us. He will not forsake us in our distress, will He? We always go through through um, seasons where things just aren't going exactly the way we want to go. I'm going to use David. Things aren't going the way he thought they were going to go, did he? He knew he had this thing on his nose. Sometimes it would almost go away. Sometimes it would come back but never in his life when he went to that dermatologist and he come back and told Mabel and myself that, yeah, they said it's cancer. They tested it, took a biopsy, and said it's cancer. I don't care what what kind it is or anything, Brother Roger, when somebody, doctor tells you you got cancer, it, it it's it's like I've never been punched in the stomach, but you get, it feels like you've just been punched in the stomach and it's taken all your breath away. You know, but we're thankful that it's all taken care of. Doctor said they got it all. So when we look at this, we think, so even when we're in times of distress, things just aren't going the way we thought they would. He's there still with us. He's always with us. You know, he will supply us with all the necessary things of life, doesn't he? He takes care of us. Sometimes we, you know, we might not eat steak every day. Sometimes we have to eat bologna when we can't get into Sonic. But, you know, and, and it's, but that's the way he takes care of us. You know, he provides us with shelter. He takes care of us, gives us vehicles. He watches over us as we travel. And as we get older and older, I think we're more thankful for His goodness and His mercy and for being so long-suffering and patient with us. He is. I know He said He's never going to leave us nor forsake us, but I remember my father, he said, we're just miserable people, miserable creatures. You know, even the, the Apostle Paul said, for the things that I would, I do not. And the things that I, I'm not supposed to do, I do. 
So we, we need to really watch out as God is there for us. And it's, when we look at that and see that he provides everything for us, isn't that amazing? You know, with the limited, limited, yeah, limited amount of money we make, sometimes we get on fixed incomes and everything. But you know what? Even when we look at it and we're on those fixed incomes, you know what? We're better than 90% of the world. That's amazing when we think of that, that we're better off than 90% of the world. Because when you look in the country of India and in China, I mean, there's a billion people. A billion people in each one of those countries. And there's not a, not a lot of them have even running water. Some of them don't even have a place to, to sleep or anything. So we're so much better off than so many. And we realize that, that he gives us the necessary things of life. Turn to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28, we're going to read 18, 19, and 20. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always even unto the end of the world. Amen. So, Jesus, this is the last three verses in the last chapter of Matthew. And we can see in verse 18, Jesus told them, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. All power. That means what, Brother Roger? He's in control. He's in control. He's, he's sitting on the right hand of the Father. He's got all power and He's in control in heaven and in earth. So they call it the Great Commission. So He tells the apostles, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. That's why in Ephesians he says, and he gave some pastors and teachers. Because we're supposed to teach. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. That's why when we baptize, we say, you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And when the one who's getting baptized says, I, I believe Based on your confession of faith, I baptize thee in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This is where we get that from. Again, in verse 20, he starts out and he says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. That's why we say, you know, we need to do those things that are pleasing in his sight. That's why Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. We go through the entire New Testament, we see so much that we're supposed to be teaching you, imploring you 
to observe all things whatsoever Jesus has commanded you. And then he ends up and he says, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. I like that he adds that, Brother Roger, and even unto the end of the world, because he says, I'm with you always. Okay, that's fine. But he says, not only that, but even unto the end of the world. So Jesus is looking. He, he didn't know that date, does, does he? He didn't know that date. He says, but you know what? I don't care how far it goes, how long it goes to my second coming. I'm here for you all the time. He's here. He's with us. Remember, Paul said, I live, nevertheless, I live, but Christ lives within me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who gave himself for me. And we should, he's there for us all the time. We can't, we can't lose sight of this. That's what I'm trying to, trying to tell you. you. We can't lose sight of this because he's always here for us. As we read all these things, I'm only touching just the tip of it, Brother Roger, you know. I'm only touching the tip of it. It goes far deeper than this. And when Jesus promises us something, we can take a hold on that promise and know for a surety that he's always going to be there for us. And it's just like in the footprints in the sand. When the guy looked back and he saw that it sometimes there was only one foot, one set of footprints. And what does he say? Billy says, uh, God, why'd you leave me when I needed you the most? What does he say? That was when I was carrying you. And those one set of footprints were God's set of footprints. And he was carrying him and taking care of him. That again just goes to show you he will never leave us nor forsake us. He's always always there. You know, and this is what I like about it so much when we can look this in. This is when we need to read the Bible and read the words that are in there. I was just thinking earlier about at the beginning of uh, the second book, uh, second chapter of Ephesians. And you hath he quickened who, what does it say next? Who were dead in your trespasses and sins. That's such a comfort for us when we look at that and see that we were dead in our trespasses and sins. We're no longer dead in our trespasses and sins. And God loved us with an everlasting love. He loved us even when we were yet dead in our trespasses and sins. That's what I'm saying. Even when we didn't know that we were a child of God, He did. And we were a child of God from when? From before the foundation of the world. So even in those times, he's never leaving us nor forsaking us, Brother Roger. He's always there for us. Always has been, always will be. I don't mean to bounce back and forth, but turn into the Old Testament again, Psalm 51. Psalm 51, this is the Psalm of David. We're going to look at verses 11 and 12. Now let's, let's go to 10. 
Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. So this is David. He's speaking here. And this is when Nathan the prophet had come to him after he had uh, gone into Bathsheba and told him what he did was wrong. So we can see even David was a great man of God, but he was a sinner, wasn't he, Brother Roger? He was a sinner. He was so taken aback by this that he's, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Give him that new heart again and renew a right spirit within me. That renew makes to, to, to make new again. A right spirit within me. You know, you look back on that and what happened. Israel was at war and David should have been out there with his army. But he wasn't. He was up on the housetop. And when he looked down, he saw Bathsheba. So it's it's hard as we look at these things and to see these things. So when, when we look at these things and we can see he said, cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. See, he didn't want him to leave him nor forsake him, did he? So it's awesome when we see this. Cast me not away from thy presence. That should be our prayer too each and every day. That he does not cast us away from his presence. And takes away his Holy Spirit from us. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. We just hope that he doesn't cast us away from his presence either. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. It's when we, when we can look at this and we see it, it's, it's so, it's so awesome for us, isn't it? That we understand this. And we can understand this. Why? Because he's created a new heart within us in the regeneration. He's took away that old heart and given us a new heart. Remember, I think it was, I don't know, one of them this weekend said, this past weekend said, you know, that, uh, you know, that we need to look at that. And in the regeneration, he takes away that old heart, gives us a new heart. For the natural man receiveth not the things that be of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because what does he say? Because they are spiritually discerned. So we can read these things and, and understand them and read them and understand them and see those. It's just awesome when we can understand this. Last place I want to go is John chapter 14.
We're going to read verses 16 through 18. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is saying, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. So this is what is is so awesome when we can see that God, Jesus Christ is saying, you know what? I will pray the Father. So it's Jesus that is praying for each and every one of us. And he says, you know what? And he, God, shall give you another comforter, the Holy Spirit, that he may abide with you forever. He's going to be with us. The Holy Spirit is the one that's going to be with us from now until the second coming of Jesus Christ. I don't know how many years that's going to be, Brother Roger. Don't know that at all. That he may abide with you, even the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive. The world, the natural world cannot receive anything of the spirit because it seeth him not. Because it's a natural man. As I just said, the natural man cannot receive the things that be of the spirit of God. Because it's foolishness unto them. It's foolishness. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. It's that Holy Spirit that's in here. It's inside of us and it's with us. Each and every day and wherever we go, he's always with us. Remember he said in, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, he says what? I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And even in this time, when we probably need him most, he's there for us all the time. Remember, he has promised us. He's given us a lot of, what does the Bible say? Exceeding great and precious promises. And he has told us where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst. And remember, I told you how he works in the background. We can't see him. Jesus Christ is not flesh and blood that we can see him. But he's here. And he's promised us where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst. He's here. He's here today. His spirit is with us here today. That's what comforts us in the world that he said, you know, I will never leave thee. I will never forsake thee. Verse 18, he says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. He's omnipresent, as I said. Everywhere present, nowhere absent. I think that's one of the, one of the works that words I'm really getting to like, Brother Roger, omnipresent. He's always there with us. He's always on our right hand. He'll be there for us through thick and thin all the time. And I want to go back into Ephesians. I want to go to chapter 2 of Ephesians.
starting in verse 1. And you had thee quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature what? The children of wrath, even as others. What's my favorite word, Bill? But. In verse 4, it starts out, But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved. Isn't that awesome? When we see these things. We were dead in trespasses and sins. We're no longer dead in trespasses or sins. We have been made spiritually alive by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So He's there all the time. Verses 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And it goes on and it talks about how we're what? We're pilgrims and we're strangers in this world, aren't we? Earth is not our home. Heaven is our home. In closing, I got something to read, Brother Roger. God will not forsake the works of His hands, but will perform it until the day of Christ. He will not leave or forsake us so as that we should perish. He will not forsake us in life or at death or at the time of judgment. Now we got to look at that, don't we, Brother Roger? Bill, you know, it's, it's the grace of God. It's that grace of God that is with us in this life. It's the grace of God that is with us at death. And it is what? It is the grace of God that is with us at the time of judgment. Remember, we just finished up what? We just finished up the book of Revelation, didn't we, this last weekend? And it's called the Great White Throne Judgment. And remember what he says. What does he say, Brother Roger? The books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And all those whose names were not found written in the book of life were cast where? Into the lake of fire. I know there's so many people that want to say, well, how could God do that? But he's God. And if your names are not written in the Lamb's book of life, and the book of life was written before the foundation of the world, you're going to be cast into the lake of fire. It's not Dave that's saying it. It's God that says it. I hope that what I've, I've brought forth to you today is going to help you in the world today. Because he's always with us. And I know sometimes we go through some hard times, don't we? I've went through some hard times in my life. Unemployed. Went through a rough time. 
with my anxiety attacks I had, Brother Roger. You know what happened. Doctors had you. Get all your affairs in order because you ain't going to live very much longer. How many years ago was that now? About 26 years ago. He never leaves you nor forsakes you. The Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto you. I thank you each and every one for your kind attention today.